welcome to the Home Care Network podcast. In our podcast, we're bringing various guests discussing relative business matters that's concerning the operations of your home care business. Our guests will include fellow business owners, home care and healthcare specialists, service providers, and a wider range of business mentors and coaches. Be free to share the podcast within your network and to scroll through our channel for more content that is relative to you. Join us. We are networking today as we build for your tomorrow. As entrepreneurs, we have goals of being successful and having financial freedom. And this is what we strive to do. But sometimes along that journey, there are pitfalls. Sometimes we fall right into them. Sometimes that we can sidestep them. Sometimes that we have to just really take cover in terms of what the business world throws at us. My name is Yvette Akins, and I am here as the host of the Home Care Network. And I am joined this evening by Julius Tolbert of Tolbert Consulting. And our subject matter is successes and failures of a serial entrepreneur. Julius, welcome to the Home Care Network. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And we have in the past, obviously, you know, made some connection in other various home care business advisors, platforms, and um, your story has intrigued me. And um, hence, hence the title, Success and Failures of a Serial Entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about you, Julius. Where did your story begin? I would say um, it started in the beginning. Um, it started, um, I was born into a family of entrepreneurs. Okay. Uh, so being a uh, minority, um, I was able to, as I grew up, kind of see the behind the scenes of business. Uh, my grandma was the, the accountant or the bookkeeper uh, for the family and all our different businesses. So I was, uh, and I spent a lot of time with her. So I was able to see a lot of the ins and outs um, of business. A lot of things, to be honest with you, that went wrong with business and, and kind of how uh, they handled those things. Minority business. Um, you know, you talked about your grandmother. So we're talking about some generations ago, um, you know, and, and I most definitely have to take my hat out, my hat off and, and salute your family and, you know, spearheading what has been paid for us today. How was that as a minority business in those days and what you saw that you witnessed? How, how was that for you to even paint that picture of this is what I want to do when I'm a big boy? How was that, Julius? I think that it was um, it was eye opening um, in good ways and bad ways in, in, a, in a lot of, in a lot of ways. Uh, I think some of the good that I got out of it was just to pretty much understand um, how to deal with people, um, how to deal with customers, how to deal with clients, um, how to deal with employees. Um, and then I think some of the negative things that I seen um, was was the lack of financial literacy. Um, even though my family had all these businesses and really every one of my family owned uh, family members from uncles to mom to granddad, everybody had their own respective business. Um, nobody really understood fin financial literacy in a way in which they could uh, scale their companies uh, to what I would consider to be the big leagues. Um, but when you start to think about, you know, scaling these companies and, you know, and, and, and being able to, you know, really impact communities and things like that, the financial literacy just wasn't there. And, and is this where you 
where you and you know Tolbert Consulting have etched out that part of your program, which really focuses on you know scaling of your business. And the reality is, is I didn't start uh, Tolbert Consulting Group um, because of that. Um, I actually started uh, Tolbert Consulting Group uh, because of my own um, personal experiences with um, the lack of financial literacy and the lack of cash flow in some of the businesses that I early on tried to start. Right, uh, right. My family was in a trucking company, so we was in logistics mainly. Uh, then I jumped into the restaurant industry. Um, nobody in my family was in the restaurant industry. Um, it was just something that I, um, I, I took a passion to. Um, and then at the age of 24, I opened up my first restaurant, which was great. Uh, we did a lot of business when we first opened, did about 1.5 million in sales the first year. Um, everything was great uh, until the recession happened. And I personally, like I said, didn't have that financial literacy to know how to. To bounce back. Right, right, right. No. And, and you know, we have very similar stories in terms of, you know, the the, fine, the, um, the, the hospitality. I, I too, um, my biggest failure was um, going into hospitality, um, purchasing a, a very large unit, um, and, and, and I wasn't equipped. So, you know, we talk about the successes and the failures. Um, and, and that was one of them. Um, but it, it became not just, you know, an area for me that brought me to my knees, but it also now has become my testimony. Um, so it, it really depends on how you look at it, right? So, so let's talk about the successes and the failures. Um, you know, we started talking about, you know, your first restaurant. So to give us a little bit of a, a, an insight in what that looked like you your first 24 years old you opened up your first restaurant you know we grossed out at 1.5 million um high five over to you because that's not easy by any stretch of the imagination especially for a 24 year old who is not fully equipped right so can you just imagine what you would do and what you can do if you was fueled and equipped and armed with all of the resources whether it be you know the financial literacy um of what you could do so what happened after the restaurant um well with the restaurant i think um i started how i what i wound up transitioning into after the restaurant kind of started and was sparked by what happened with the restaurant uh when the recession um kind of kind of set in and this was of the financial recession of 20 2009 and 2010 um and so these were banks that were folding so at that time when we were looking to get uh cash uh different credit lines and you know different uh loans and things kind of carried the restaurant over these banks just wasn't extending credit um they didn't even know if they was going to be in business so a lot of a lot of these lines of credit and things like that froze up so uh what i started to do is i did like you said i was 24 years old i didn't know how to manage uh navigate with the waters that i was in so i went pretty much in my community initially looking for support uh or mentorship uh to kind of guide me through these and and the, the mentorship wasn't there um, so I went, uh, reached out to um, other, you know, neighboring bigger cities and wound up did find someone in, in Atlanta, Georgia, but they wanted this extreme, extreme amount uh, retainer to, to even. Of course, 
Right. You know, and then they was quote me this high amount. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm, you know, weeks away from possibly closing this place down. You know, there's no way I could afford that. So, um, and that's, but it looked, it looked very tempting though, right, Julius? Very, very tempting. And, and this restaurant, it wasn't a, a little restaurant by, by a, a long stretch. It was a 7,000 square foot restaurant, two level venue, had an interior courtyard. Uh, our concept was a, um, southern inspired restaurant so the menu was southern inspired but we infused it with live jazz music it was a white tablecloth so it was a definitely an upscale minority restaurant um and you know and i had a lot of people working for me you know pastry chefs a sous chef executive chef uh front of house manager so we had a quite a bit of staff and uh you know and so when we went from doing that 1.5 to that next year of doing 700 600 dollars you know we that i personally didn't know how to manage that um didn't quite know how to to uh phase people off or write good schedules that would be conducive to the to the sales we was doing at that time so it was a lot of things that um i just hadn't got to a point in my experience to to really know how to navigate that and and did that leave a sour taste for you julius how how did you how did you process that you know and i remember very vividly you know what i went through that you know that closure from you know not the financial loss i mean it was all the other losses that came with it yeah. how did how did you weather that storm uh god at the end of the day uh because i think i was under a, a, a unique set of um circumstances or pressure i would like to call it being that um the success that I had before I opened up that restaurant, I actually had two restaurants. So the first restaurant I had was in downtown Greenville, which was 30 minutes away from this restaurant. And that's where I had made my name at, you know, so people knew me because I was my hometown. I was from right. Pittsburgh, uh, but I had moved away to Greenville, which wasn't, wasn't that far away. Like I said, 30 minutes and I had made my name there. You know, by that time I was upstate. Right, right. So in essence, they recruited me to come back home. So with that recruitment, you know, I, I took on a, you know, a, a load of responsibility, you know, like, man, like Julius, you know, they, they, they really want you here. You know, they're, they're willing to give you money to, to pretty much come back. The restaurant that we, that I owned was in the center court of our downtown. So it was like so much pressure that was on me um, to, to, to just win and just, you know, run this place great. So when it yeah. closed, uh, you know, I went through a, a period, of, I'm not gonna call it depression, even though it probably could have been labeled as depression. Oh, I hear you. But it was definitely um, a season of doubt, you know, like, you know, God Absolutely. bless me and put me in this position to be able to materialize something just great, to, to be able to create the type of sales that I created. Uh, be able to make the type of impact I was making in, in the community. So at that time, I felt like the road had just got snatched out from under me. Absolutely. Um, I felt very helpless in that moment. I remember sitting very closely to the book of Job yep. during during my darkest time. And, um, you know, just like yourself, you know, could it have been labeled depression? Maybe so. Um, and yes, faith was that that took me through. And, and my daughter... I remember very vividly, you know, um, you know, you have these these pictures, these images of, okay, I'm depressed. I'm going to sit in bed. I'm going to stay under the covers all day, all night, right? Um, 
the, your, your bedroom that you're in is funky because you're not getting up and showering, right? You haven't brushed your teeth in like five days or anything like that. And I remember my daughter coming to the room and, you know, the blinds are drawn and so forth. And, and she said to me, mom, I'm scared. That was my wake up call. What was your wake up call, Julius? Um, I think it was my kids at the end of the day. Oh God, yeah. Um, at that time, um, I had a, now I have three, but at that time I had one and she was, she was really young. And during the time that I owned that restaurant, you know, we would have these little lunch dates at the restaurant and, you know, um, and I just knew that it was something that, uh, was building her, her future as far as her perception on, on the world. And, um, I, be honest with you, I just didn't want to see her, uh, or her have that viewpoint of me as a failure. So um, then as I started having, you know, my other two kids, uh, that solely was my reason. Uh, I, was a, I was able to kind of pick it back up. It was like, hey, I, yeah. I wanted to prove. I think it was, it was, it was my kids. But then I think uh, a lot of ways I'm a com- I have a competitive spirit and to win. So I want with the loss, I wanted to prove to I think myself mainly that I truly had what it took. To, right. Right. To, to run it. Right. You know, I did spend some time, you know, kind of, you know, why asking those questions. But, you know, at the end of the day, I knew I had to uh, mm. myself kind of back in it. But I didn't initially jump back into entrepreneurship. Um, once the restaurant closed, I jumped, I went back to corporate America, where with, that was a lot of my experience was in, you know, restaurant uh, operating restaurants corporately. So I took on a- You had to heal. Yeah, yeah. And so I went back to corporate America, uh, took on a director of operations role where I overseen like 40 restaurants in the southeastern southeastern region. Um, and that's, you know, over time did really great, right? Turned around, you know, that those stores and did a, a really great job there. But it was, I could just tell that it was not what was for me, you know? Right. You know, I didn't feel fulfilled at all. Um, and then around right about that time, I was having that conversation with my wife um about hey you know i'm having getting this itch again so she was like hey you know do you really think it's the restaurant you got the itch for or you know kind of so she wanted me to slow down and think more about it and 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 what i realized is i had a passion for people Mm. restaurants because i'm not a right i wasn't big on cooking and and i like to eat but i wasn't a chef yeah i burnt water so hey look you know (laughs) so i'm the i'm the biz i was i'm always the business behind the business so uh, so she was like, you know, what do you really care to more about, you know, and, and what it was, was impacting people, you know, impacting mm-hmm. lives. You know, I love even when I was in corporate America, I love training people, putting people in positions where, you know, you went you and seeing the growth. And now you're a salary, a salary ties employee with, you know, a benefit, a health benefits and all that stuff was something that I was always very um, encouraged to to be a part of. So. Um, so that's what kind of got me into being a restaurant consultant. So even before I became a, a business consultant, when I was kind of working with all these different businesses, I initially started uh, very niche with uh, with restaurants. Right, right. Open up, turn around, and, and so on and so forth. You you made mention of you know when you had to when you looked at your children or your child or daughter at that time, and um, you know you wanted to prove to yourself, and there was an element or a level of being stubborn being a serial entrepreneur yourself and steve harvey i think are the two people that i've heard that serial entrepreneur term um being a serial entrepreneur or being an entrepreneur period has and does 
come with that stubbornness, right? I by trait just by my DNA as being a Capricorn and a goat, I'm stubborn. So you tell me that I cannot, I am going to say I can, you know. Um, but again, it I, I've learned over my years is that anything you're doing in that entrepreneurial world, there is going to be an element of risk no matter what you do. And anyone who's going into it just saying, oh, because Sam over the cross the street is doing it, then I can do it. You still got to go into it with knowing that there's that element of risk. One of my biggest learnings is saying there is going to be risk, but how do I minimize that risk? Right? So in taking that, Julius, you've now turned that into refocusing, recalibrating, reassessing, going through that rebirth of saying, yes, I can. Talk to us about after you head out of, you know, corporate America, that was your time to lick the wounds, let those wounds heal over, about the success that came thereafter, because you're a successful entrepreneur as we speak. Talk to us about that journey. I think it, um, it had a lot to, I had to spend a lot of time with myself. And I think that I would encourage any entrepreneur, it doesn't really matter what part of the journey that you're on, is to do self-inventory, you know, and be honest with yourself. Sure. I think that where I started winning the most at in regards to me seeing the return on my investment is when I got real with myself about the things that I was good at and things I wasn't good at. Right. And I realized that I was a visionary. A real mm-hmm. person that was extremely uh, creative. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm a Gemini, so you know I am. I am very content with my own thoughts. Um, I like to start things, but sometimes I can get pulled in a different direction. So what I needed was someone that, or a team of people that uh, wasn't necessarily so creative, but were finishers. But they can fill your void. Yeah, they was finishers. They they com- they completed the other uh, side. Sure. Of what I was able to do, and that's where I started seeing a lot of attraction. At it's really at first I was hiring a lot of people that was like me, you know. Uh, yeah. Like minded, and you know, and, and we really didn't get a whole lot of work done. And it, and it was very, I mean, we, we, we had great ideas. We, you know, we, we would talk for hours, you know, and it would seem like, you know, that we had the the ability yeah yeah Mm -hmm. to to to, To execute you can execute but never could really get off the blocks you know and i'm an execution guy too so i'm a mixture being i'm a gemini i'm I'm very creative but i also uh, i understand the importance of execution but i would uh partner with people or i would team up with people that was extremely creative but the uh execution wasn't there so over time, I started interviewing and hiring and looking for people and wanting to partner with people that I just seen were just closers. At the end of the day, right. very clutch at or very thorough about seeing things to the end. And then that allowed me to be able to be a serial entrepreneur because then I could run six and seven companies and manage them very efficiently because I was just responsible for being the creator. Right. And, and, and again, you know, um, in learning and understanding and for those entrepreneurs that are, are here listening um, to us on this on this podcast is that don't ever believe that you can do it alone because you cannot. You absolutely cannot. You know, and as Julius, as you have just mentioned, is that 
you have to do that check and balance. What am I extremely good at? What do I suck at? You know, let's face it, because there's always errors. What is it that you actually don't want to do? And and plug in plug in those holes with people who can, um, without it like you know crossing lines or, or getting into that gray area. You are going to need the people around you. You cannot do this alone. Um, so again. Your, your story is just like just so like right now and I'm sitting here just like listening to you I'm just like so absorbed because it's like oh my god you know um, this is so very familiar to me and it took me a long while to be able to um, to talk about it and be okay in talking about it right because um, now you're actually taking that and using it for your own clients as I do um, in this consulting capacity right what are those pitfalls the things that you have failed in or haven't been so successful in um, where where do you need to take extra precaution so continue on with those successes um, Julius um, after the restaurant and corporate America your, your story is very intriguing I want more <laughs> um, once I once I got into the the restaurant consulting space um, I realized that I was I was in a very small company uh, especially as being a minority uh, which was very alarming to me, actually, uh, being that is so many of us get into the hospitality uh, industry as being minority that uh, I had assumed that, you know, there were coaching companies out there, you know, what I would like to call air traffic controllers, kind of helping guide these companies. And it wasn't, which made a lot of uh, sense of why they couldn't stay open. They they didn't understand. They, you know, a lot of times they were they had skill sets. They were talented at cooking or, you know, certain different. For the business. They didn't understand the business behind the business. And restaurants is one in which that if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to lose a lot of money fast. Um, and so um, and so I actually fell into a niche there. Um, and, and at that time, it was no minority restaurant consultants in the state of South Carolina. Um, so I kind of hit the ground running with there. So I was pretty busy. Um, had a team of people and I mean, we worked from the small business owners to food truck caterers, uh, you know, bigger brands, you know, um, and just you know, doing all kind of different array of things for them, you know, helping them turn stores around, franchising, you know, startups, you know, you name it. You know, we, we kind of helped them with it. And then um, kind of along that that path right there, um, a lot of clients kept coming to me uh, in a season and this, they kept wanting money, 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 money. And the main reason why they wasn't wanting money so bad at this rate is because a lot of times they had got into the business undercapitalized. You know, hey, they wanted to run, they wanted to open up a restaurant. They thought it was going to take fifty thousand. Wind up, it was going, it actually really going to take a hundred and fifty. Hundred thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you didn't realize. That. And they didn't account for time either. You was already in there. You've already blew through the first fifty thousand, and now you coming to a guy like me, just like I did one point of time. Hey, man, I'm in, I'm in desperate need. I need help. Uh, and so that's what how they started coming to me. And even though I was telling them, hey, you know, it's different things about this restaurant that we can probably do to help that would drive more money to the bottom line. All they could focus on is the money because, you know, they had payroll coming up the next week. They had, you know, you can't make any money without. Food. Yeah. Yeah, these different things, and so um, that's what kind of pushed me into learning uh, about business credit. Um, right. Ah, oh, gotcha. As an added service for at that time, my restaurant consult my, my restaurant clients who needed it. 
Now I now I understand the synergy, Julius. Now I understand the business credit. I didn't know whether the the, the um, hospitality came first or the um, building business credit. But now I, I now I see the synergy in the two. Okay. Yep. So it came it came from the the, the need of our clients needing funding, um, and we wanted to fill that that need for them. So we we dove all into uh, business credit which obviously led us down the path of into uh, business um, funding. And, and, and then, so that's kind of how we got there. And then at that time, we didn't want to, uh, we wanted to help more than just restaurants. So even though we was helping our restaurants with business credit and business funding at that time, so pretty much our consulting company, which still operates. So, you know, Cornbread con- uh, Consulting Firm was a, is a boutique restaurant consulting firm, which still operates, uh, had a lot more services that we wind up breaking out and then creating Toba Consulting Group. Because what we wanted to do is, is uh, with Toba Consulting Group is really focus on all small businesses and medium-sized businesses and not just- uh, Right, right. In the, in the hospitality. Hospitality. Yeah. So, so Julius, you know, we're coming to like the end of our time here, but um, in 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 terms of taking the successes and failures, where is Julius Tolbert and Tolbert Consulting Group? Where are you now? I am just so intrigued to know where you guys are on the map in terms of um, locations, um, you know, client base. Um, where where are you now? Yeah, so Toba Consulting Group right now, we are in three cities. Uh, well, we have offices in three cities, um, downtown Spartanburg, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, and then Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, we we manage probably at this time, probably over 250 different clients um, from, from a different array of, 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 of services from business coaching to uh, business credit uh, builder to, you know, um, actually funding. So we deal with quite a bit of, of clients um, in that consulting company and then also with uh, my other consulting companies as well. So we do, uh, we, we definitely, uh, and in the lifeblood of any business, and I would tell any entrepreneur is your people, you know, so as a business owner, one thing I've learned over time is really how to take care of my staff absolutely i necessarily didn't know how to do initially uh but now that's something that all i focus on you know so i spend a lot of my time uh, not necessarily working with uh, clients like i used to but just really making sure i'm pouring into and coaching uh, my staff and make sure they have all the tools that they need to be to, uh, to be successful it makes absolute sense so how does how does somebody who's listening to you who's you know confused in which way to go um, may need that guidance in terms of, you know, building that business credit, may have that restaurant that is, you know, um, what is that show called? The restaurant restaurant takeover or something it's called. Um, how, how does one get in touch with Julius Tolbert and the Tolbert Consulting Group? Yeah. So you can call me directly at area code 864-350-0444. And our website is www.tolbert.consultinggroup.com. And if you are looking for uh, business credit and business funding, there is a pre-qualification um, software on our, uh, on, our, um, on our website that you can uh, fill out for free and it will send you back and pretty much let you know where your business stands at at this moment. Also sends that to us as well. So it better helps uh, us coach you on what we need to do to get you where you need to be. 
but it also lets you see kind of where you sit at, at, at this moment. As I always do in closing out my segments with any of our guests, um, what is that message that you want to leave to our listeners, to those entrepreneurs? You know, we can be an entrepreneur, but how do I get to be that serial entrepreneur? If I'm in that serial entrepreneur stage or that serial entrepreneur circle and I need to downsize or just get away from being um, that person, what is going to be your final and closing statement, words of encouragement that you're going to leave with us today, Julius? Um, I I think the best thing that comes to the top of my mind is uh, failure is a part of success. I think a lot of times we get too caught up in failure um, and we don't understand that that is the only way to success. So instead of us avoiding uh, failure, we need to run into it. Look for failure to run into it because that's the only way to get on the other side. So once you set your destination, your GPS or where you want to go with your business, what changes is not the problem. The problem will never go away. What changes is you and how you deal with them. You will become better at dealing with these problems and these uh, challenges that present themselves. So understand that failure will never go away. Run into it because success is on the other side. You are an absolute superstar, Julius Tolbert. I want to be just like you when I grow up. Today we have heard the, the truth from Julius Tolbert regarding the successes and failures of a serial entrepreneur. I so thank you for your time. I so thank you for your your authentic approach. I just so thank you for being so humble. I so thank you for the things that you do for those small business owners in taking everything that you have learned and seen from your four parents, your grandparents, your parents, and to yourself, taking your failures that ultimately could have been either the rise or the demise of Julius Tolbert and turning that into something so special for somebody else that is here listening today. Julius, I thank you. And with that, we are going to say good night. Thank you. Thank you as well for having me.